What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit about healthy slash good coping mechanisms. I know last time we talked about identifying our triggers and setting ourselves up for success, uh, especially early on in recovery. And something I want to discuss is, is just how important it is to have good coping mechanisms. And the idea is, I don't think, I don't think we ever, listen, I know for myself, I, I have an addictive personality, right? So I think, I don't think you ever get rid of an addictive personality. You know what I mean? I think that we need to replace one addiction with another. That's what I think. Um, because we just have that we have that gene inside of us. We have that thing that gets us obsessed over things that we like. I mean, seriously. I mean, I look back on my life. <laughs> even before I even before I got into uh, using or anything like that, if I liked something, I did it all the time. You know, I was absolutely obsessed over whatever it was, whether it was sports whether it was freaking chocolate or mac and cheese, like I'm totally serious. You know, it's like um, I always had an addictive personality, and so something that I needed to make sense of is okay. I have an addictive personality, and I, instead of looking at it as a negative, you know, something that was going to define me or it was something that was a liability. I needed to transfer that energy into, okay, how can I use this as an asset? How can I turn this into something positive? And the fact that we have addictive personalities and maybe you get obsessed over things that you like, it can actually be a really powerful thing. It can be a really great thing. I, like I know for myself, I focus my energy on my business now. I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with growing um, my business and, and obsessed with helping people and obsessed with, um, I still, I love sports, you know, I always love sports. And so, um, I'm always watching, um, or at least I'm keeping tabs on the sports teams that I like the Mets, the Rangers, the giants, even though the giants are so freaking sorry <laughs> in the NFL, the NFL giants, holy crap. I mean, they've had a really rough stretch, but hey, I'm a Mets fan too, so I guess I'm kind of used to it. But my point is here is that we need to transfer our focus onto things that are fulfilling to us, onto things that are at least are, are worthwhile. And the reason why I say that too, um, aside from things that are fulfilling, because not we're not always going to be fulfilled. We're not always going to be um, obsessed with things that, that just feel feel good instantly you know what I mean and what I mean by that is I'm also obsessed with like growth and, and self-help and diving into becoming a better person and even though it requires a certain discipline you know I'm not always excited to read a book or I'm not always excited to um, play an audiobook or um, watch a YouTube video that is explaining uh, mindset and discipline and things like that, you know, but but I do like the process of becoming a stronger um, individual and growing. So I become obsessed with these things because I know it's going to serve my higher self. And so 
these have all become coping mechanisms for me, you know, things that are healthy for me instead of things that are destructive. Addiction is just, recovery is just as simple as this. We are used to self-destructive patterns and self-destructive habits that obviously don't serve us and put us in negative situations. So what we need to do is we need to replace them with positive things. I mean, that's honestly just, it's a very simple way of putting it and easier said than done and fair enough. But the truth of the matter is, is that we can use our addictive uh, mindset, personality, whatever it is that you want to call it to our benefit and get obsessed over things that, that are healthy for us or excite us. And this is crucial because listen, I'm telling you right now, I did not get sober to become miserable. Even though when I was first getting sober in the beginning, I thought sobriety equaled misery, you know, because I didn't know what to expect. But what I'm telling you is that life can be unbelievable. Life can be really, really good, even if you're not feeling like that right now, and that's okay. But we got to find things that we get excited about and that we get passionate about and um, feeling like we're contributing to something, you know, and and so a big part of that is developing these good coping mechanisms. So something that I would like to start off with is, is as a healthy coping mechanism is getting a support. I'm going to talk about this a lot throughout this podcast. You know, we all need accountability. I, I couldn't get sober on my own. You know, I needed to, my mind was not my friend. I needed a different perspective. I needed someone that had experience in addiction and recovery to guide me towards a different way of thinking because my mind was all messed up. Um, you know, the, the area in between my ears, the six inches in between my ears was a bad neighborhood. And, uh, and it was probably best for me to not go in there alone. <laughs> my, my thoughts was a bad neighborhood. I probably needed a flashlight and uh and help from someone else if i wanted to pay a visit there you know what i mean that's basically what it's like in early recovery i mean our minds are always racing we're highly emotional we don't think logically or rationally a lot of times because we're we're just dealing with so much stuff and and life changes so getting a support is huge and not and that's not not enough you need to be able to get some type of support system but also be honest with that support system because what the hell is the support system going to do for you if you ain't being honest? And this takes humility. You know, our ego kind of wants us to figure out on our own and we want to try to uh, tough it out and white knuckle it. And I'm telling you, it's just not the way to go. It's just not smart and it's not necessary. You know, recovery is a humbling process and that's okay. Humility, a little bit of humility is good. <laughs> Actually, a lot of humility is good. And um, humility is what brings people together. It's our ego that usually lands us in trouble because ego equals isolation. So getting a support system. Now, this is different for everybody, right? Um, people are, are in different situations in their life, meaning, and, and they're comfortable with different things. So uh, to me, a support system looks like when I first got clean, I went to AA, or it could be NA for you, whatever the case may be. I got a lot of comfort from AA, you know, and I developed uh, relationships with people that I'll have for a lifetime, no doubt about it. 
I mean, people that genuinely cared about me, uh, wanted nothing in return, and just showing me the way to live a different lifestyle. And of course, it was a process, but and and I had to meet them halfway, of course, you know, by being honest and um, being open-minded and willing to think differently, to think a different way, because my mind was not serving me, like I said before. Um, now, some of you might not like AA or NA, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. It's not for everybody. Some people, some people do not um, adapt to that program, and that's totally okay. But that's one way. Um, there's also Celebrate Recovery, which is also another 12-step uh, program. There is, um, you know, there's Smart Recovery. There's also there's plenty of different programs out there that are suited best suited for each individual you know what i mean now another route that you can go which is one-on-one based which is recovery coaching and that's what i do i'm a i'm a certified recovery coach and people hire me that are looking for one-on-one help and that's not for everybody either and you might not have the finances to hire a coach and that's completely okay too um you also have some people are are fortunate enough to have people in their lives, whether it be close friends, maybe certain family members um, that were sober as well and maybe had issues and they can be a part of their support system. Um, maybe you go to outpatient or you get a therapist. You know, the, the idea is that you got to be you got to be conversating with people that can really help filter out your thoughts uh, because addiction can be very tricky. And the problem is it speaks to us in our own voice. And so a lot of things sound like a good idea. It sounds logical. It's easy to justify. And, um, and until we talk about it with somebody else, it sounds like a good idea. And then once we get some feedback, we realize, holy shit, my mind is all over the place and I'm clearly not thinking right. So that is why a support system is huge, and it's number one for a good, um, good coping mechanism. Something else that can be really, really beneficial is getting some type of exercise, getting the discipline to either get into the gym and lift some weights, or um, go for a walk or go for runs, and and implement this into your routine. Is huge. It is massive. And I'm going to tell you why. Our bodies are huge drug factories. (laughs) The reason why we get these feel-good feelings when we do drugs is because they release certain chemicals in our brain. Dopamine, serotonin um, are obviously the two biggest ones. And so what do we get when we exercise? We get hits of dopamine, we get hits of serotonin, we get hits of endorphins. And these are the feel-good feelings that we get when we start to exercise. Now, of course, you might not see the results right away, right? Like if you have little goals in mind, you have health goals, and, and it definitely is a discipline, but it pays off. It pays off in full um, later on if you have the discipline to go work out. And, and listen... Um, something that I like to, to think about with exercise is people say, well, what's the best type of exercise that you could do? And it's the one that you're going to do, <laughs> you know, meaning make it fun for yourself. Make it, turn it into something that you look forward to. 
Like, for instance, I absolutely love sports. So something I was big into was I would go to the basketball court uh, often, and I would shoot hoops. I would, um, you know, maybe get a friend and and, uh, play with them and play baseball, whatever the case may be. But that was a big form of exercise for me, as well as work, because actually my first job when I got sober was really physically intense, and it was... I think I might have mentioned this before. I was on an organic farm uh, when I was when I was 20. I never thought I'd work on a farm before, but man, this work was brutal. But the exercise and being outside in nature, which is also a big thing, is being outside in nature and getting that physical exercise was huge for me because not only did it feel physically um, satisfying because I was exercising, and um, but I was getting I was tired at the end of the day you know like I put in a hard day's work and it was really really helping me get some sleep and really regulating my my body in a major way our body is depleted I mean obviously we're not healthy when we're when we're first getting sober um and so our body desperately needs to uh to start to feel like how it's supposed to again you know and and so that was huge and like I said before, catching some sun, going outside, it's it's huge. So that's the second thing is some form of exercise. I don't care if you got to set up a bike, if you got a, uh, you know, you could, you could swim, you can bike, you can skateboard. I mean, do whatever the hell, do whatever that you're going to do. Go to the gym, go outside for a walk, go run, go do something, you know. Um, I mean, if you have to set up a little stationary bike or a tread, you know, one of the treadmills and put a TV in front of it, so be it, you know, just do something because it's, it's really big. I, I, I promise. I promise you will ne- you will never leave the gym or leave an exercise feeling worse than you did before you started, you know? Um, another big thing is journaling. Journaling can be huge and there's a couple of reasons why. When you are feeling a certain way, whether it be good or bad, or whatever the case may be, and you put it down on paper, you're actually bringing something to physical, something that you can physically bring out into the world, right? The, the power of writing is unbelievably important. And what I really like about journaling, I've journaled off and on um, in my sobriety. As a matter of fact, I just started journaling again about last uh last month I started journaling again because I just know how important it is and I got away from it for a little while but journaling is so so cool because no matter how you're feeling you're able to see you're able to put it on paper and when you put something on paper it's a form of sharing you know it's a form of a release you're actually releasing it's almost like a little pressure relief valve um and it can actually change the way that you feel about something. And uh, something that I really like about it too is when you get through some tough days and you journal about it and you're able to look back on the time that maybe you went through a struggle, you went through a, um, a bumpy road, but you're able to look at it at a different time and you go back and you remember where you were, it, it's such a great way of seeing the growth of where you were and where you are now and honestly there's a lot of things that I journaled and and I look at and I just get filled with so much gratitude like like instantly because you're able to see 
you, you know, it's very easy to go in your day to day and not be able to see the progress in yourself. But when you look back to a time when it was so very obvious of, of where you were and you weren't maybe in a, in a good place at all, you're, you're able to go back and, and recall that and think of the growth that has happened since then. It's a very powerful tool. And you know what, too? Another thing, maybe you look back in your journal and you realize in how good of a place you were in. And maybe now you're in a really shitty place. And that's really beneficial, too, because it's evidence that it exists. Like, good times do exist. There, there were times where you were in a better perspective and you, you're able to take a peek into where you were at. And it can get you thinking of, wow, you know, I forgot that I used to think like this. And, man, I haven't felt like this in a while. What do I got to do to get back? And so it can put you back on track to, hey, maybe I got to change some things up. Maybe I have to start doing things differently because look at how good I was doing then. And our past should never be better than our, than our future, meaning we, always, we need growth in life. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but just think about it. You know, if you're journaling and you're thinking back to how good your past was, maybe you're not doing so well now. It should bring some hope and it should make you want to make a change to get better. Our, our future always needs to be more enticing and more exciting than our past experiences because we need growth. It's one of our six uh, needs it's one of our six basic human needs is is growth and so that could be a really helpful tool um something i i also wanted to bring up was getting into getting into self-help you know looking up certain um i I don't even like the i don't even like the term motivational speakers because it's kind of you know it's kind of a bullshit term but getting into uh books that can change your perspective, change your attitude, change the way your belief system is and your thoughts. It's extremely powerful. I mean, whether it be Tony Robbins or um, Ed Milet or, you know, Simon Sinek is really good, even though he's more about, he's more business oriented, or at least with individual companies. But um, I mean, you got people like, like I like Gary Vee, you know, and Gary Vee is a business guy as well, but he really talks about a lot of, um, gratitude and changing your perspective and looking at things in the positive in a positive way and listen we become our thoughts so whatever you're listening to on a constant basis whether it be your own messed up belief system or it be healthy belief systems of other people we end up adopting that whatever we feed our brain we end up becoming so i highly highly suggest you get into self-development and uh, growing as an individual and that's a very healthy coping mechanism you know i listen to videos and read books all day I mean, every single day, daily. Um, and my, my, the biggest years of my growth was really over the last couple of years. I've really dove into, into figuring out who I want to be and how to get there. You know, because a couple of years ago, I was not doing well, even though I might have been sober. But um, the, I was at a totally low point in my life in sobriety. And I really changed all my negative <laughs> negative hobbies into into positive ones because I had to you know my bottom pushed me into a, a totally different different place and so and to touch on that uh, we're talking about good coping mechanisms here 
I also want you to be careful of the unhealthy ones, you know. Um, you got to just be careful, man, because uh, I'll speak on for myself. I got into gambling, you know. I told you before I love sports, right? And and so I love sports, and I'll, who doesn't like making money? Of course, I like making money. And I remember when I was about a year clean, a year and a half clean, I got into into gambling, and it was and it was a small thing, you know what I mean? I didn't think I was going to get into a whole different addiction. And, and I'll really dive into this on a different podcast. We don't have enough time for this right now. But holy crap, it rocked my world, you know? And and um, it, it got really bad. <laughs> you know, it really did. So you got to be careful. Um, certain negative coping mechanisms, um, bad habits can really turn against you and it can really put you in a bad spot so and another thing i want you to think about is like what what type of what excites you what did you like when you were a kid a lot of people are like man you know sobriety's boring i don't know what's i don't know what i like anymore well think about it what did you like when you were younger you know it's not that life is boring it's just like it is what we make it what are you focused on? What are the thing? What are the things that you want out of life? You know, and you might not know that right away, and that's and that's totally okay. But we got to we got to have some level of fulfillment, some things that excite us and get us up in the morning, and some type of hobbies. You know, I don't know. Is it fishing? Do you like drawing? Do you like do you like sports? What is it that you like? Do you like buying and flipping things? Like I know, I know. For instance, my my brother, he he really likes um, he likes going to like thrift stores and buying and you know buying things that are like a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, and selling them for like forty. You know what I mean? That's a real hustle. Like that's a that's a legit hustle. And he's truly interested in that. Like he really loves, really loves doing stuff like that. And so everybody's different, but you got to find what 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 is something that's enticing to you. Because I, I promise, if you get into recovery and you just settle and things are boring, it, you're you're gonna be like, why am I sober? You know, what am I doing here? Um, you're not supposed to get sober just to uh, settle and have a mundane life. That's it's not it's not what life's about. You know, recovery gives us the the choice of of um, all different types of options, but it starts in the imagination. You know, what do you want your life to look like? We got to explore. Think about it. When you were a young kid, a part of the cool thing, like a cool thing about kids, right? Little kids and even dogs, like for that, for that matter, like the innocence of dogs and kids. The reason why we're, they're looked at with innocence is because they have a clean slate. You know what I mean? They they just get excited about life, like it just just about normal things. And as we get older, and as we develop certain belief systems, and our thoughts start to turn against us, we look at the world in a fucked up way. You know, our our mold of the way that we view the world is totally not what it's supposed to be. You know. So if you're in a spot where you're not happy with your life, it's okay. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that you feel that um, uneasiness or 
you're not content with where life is right now. It's okay. You got to feel that because that pain can put you on a totally different path, but you got to get curious. You got to you got to have an open mind and be willing to try new things. And uh and develop these good coping mechanisms because um like I said before, we got to we got to replace the quote-unquote excitement or the routine or the habit of our day-to-day usage or drinking and partying we've got to replace that with something else life has to you have to have an enticing exciting vision for your life i don't care if you're 50 i don't care if you're 15 you know we uh we are the artists of our life we are the author of our life story look at it life look at life that way basically the the script is up to you however you want to write your book it's completely up to you you know i i don't care if you're in the depths of hell right now i really don't i mean listen i was on the verge of being homeless when i got sober eight years ago you know so i know what it's like to to feel like complete shit and to feel completely hopeless it's all good you know, we're not supposed to feel good when we first get sober. But what I will say to you is that we are still, we are always the author of our own book. How do you want your story to play out? What type of book do you want to write for yourself? And it's really cool to look at it that way. You know, because nobody's, nobody can make you do anything. Nobody can, nobody can write the story for you. You're going to end up, you're going to end up reaping what you sow. And that's for the good or the bad, you know what I mean? So, but it starts with getting curious and, like I said, developing cope, uh, healthy coping mechanisms to, to make sure that we stay on the course of getting sober, you know? If we develop these coping mechanisms that are healthy for us, then then we have a shot of creating the life that we want. But... um. But nobody's going to do it for you. You know what I mean? It, it takes action. Something I want you to think about as well is that recovery is not a... Recovery is not meant to... It, it's not inaction. Recovery is all about taking action. It's not just putting down the bag or the bottle. It's about changing our lives. You know? And changing our attitudes and behaviors. Otherwise, we're going to go back to what we know. It's like a magnet, you know? If we don't change the way that we think, change the way we operate, and develop some healthy things for ourselves, healthy perspective, we, we end up getting pulled right back to that old way of thinking. And so, um, listen, I hope, I hope you guys have a great day. And, um, and uh, just, just understand, you know, just understand that no matter where you are in life right now, there's always things can always get better always you know i don't care how hopeless you feel because i've been there so um that's it for this episode and uh and i will see you guys on the next one